because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, welcome to the first episode of the Baseball Ops by Top V. Yes, we have a podcast. It's official. It's um, official. It's hosted by none other than the president <laughs> of Top V, of Baseball Ops or Top V, Brent Porcio, and the general manager, Stephen Guadani, the CEO. No, you're, you're GM. This I'm, is Baseball Ops. What? <laughs> we got to use specific terms to baseball. Okay, so you're the president of Baseball Ops Operation, and you're top the GM. velocity, and I'm the... Okay, I'll take you're that. the GM. So, what is this going to be all about? So, w- this is going to be about baseball. You know, we're going to talk about the business of baseball. We're going to interview a lot of people, hopefully thousands of people from baseball, um, the business. You know, those coaches, those organizations, small businesses maybe big businesses and try to get um, some information about how they run their business. How, what's their mission statement? What's their focus? What's their market? Uh, What do they have to offer? Why are they offering this to the market? Um, What's, um, how do they market? Like, how are they reaching the millennials or how are they reaching uh, the older generations? Like some of the other coaches, like, is it B2B? Is it uh, business to consumer? Yeah. C to C to B or B to C. Uh, and just really get into this side of it because I don't think there is a podcast uh, on this or anything out there on this because I don't think enough coaches share uh, their business with each other. I think there could be a lot to gain from uh, businesses and baseball coming together, kind of dropping their egos and coming together. Absolutely. So um, that being said, we do have uh, a great show today. We've got... um, uh, Right now, we've got a great coach coming up, none other than John Heisinger, who's been in this game for a long time as a player and as a coach. Um, and it's it's we're just going to get to know him. We're going to get to know about his business. We're going to get to know about EZ Fuel Baseball um, and just talk about Zinger. So Stephen got to meet Zinger when? A couple of years ago? First time was at the uh, ABCA in, in Nashville when he flew out to uh, hang out at our booth with us. So what do you think of Zinger? Um, he's a legend for one, and I, I don't think I was, uh, I don't think I was prepared or had an idea of who he was. And then he came out and hung out with us and he morphed into the pterodactyl one night. And I realized that this was my kind of person. Yes. He has an alter ego when he goes out at night, um, which typically baseball players do. All baseball <laughs> players have alter egos. Um, but yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. He's is he vegan or just vegetarian? Uh, good question. I think he's I don't vegetarian. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's vegetarian. he's an excellent I could be wrong. Uh, gardener. Yes, he is. Um, he likes Himalayan salt. Um, he was he was giving us doses of Himalayan salt at the ABC in my beer. In, in <laughs> <laughs> I was getting Himalayan salt in my beer, <laughs> and uh, and it was a good mixture. Uh, what a fun uh, time we had in that room. We had Matt Bruce, seven-time <clears throat> uh, world team member. Yeah. 
what, three-time Olympic no, alternate? No, two-time, two-time Olympic, Olympic alternate, seven-time all-world team, team member. member. Um, so we had Matt Bruce, basically, who, uh, you know, just got that good old boy mentality. <laughs> good old Louisiana boy mentality. <laughs> and then we had Zinger from the West Coast, Mr. Arizona, Mr. Vegetarian, but has an alter ego, the pterodactyl. Yeah, pretty much. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It so, was a good mix. All right, so let's share our zinger stories. So I know you got a really good zinger story. So why don't I've got you tell? a couple. I think I've got a couple. All right, pretty well, tell, good. Tell a couple of your zinger stories. So I mean, well, first of all, the pterodactyl likes to headbutt. <laughs> so let's start with that, which I thought was awesome. So like, in at ABCA, we're out on uh, we're out on the town in Nashville. Um, and the pterodactyl has emerged. He's he's uh, Pokemon goaded it into, he's evolved into the pterodactyl. And I, I knew this because I was grabbed hand on both shoulder, and, and I wore a zinger headbutt straight to the face. He really headbutt. He really did. He, and he was doing it to everybody. Everybody was catching a head. It wasn't like a vicious like this is gonna knock you out headbutt. It was just like hey, we're now buddies. Like gunk. <laughs> So that was that was my first uh, uh, one of my first zinger stories. But then I, I also we ran into a lot of the guys he played indie ball with, and they kind of started sharing some of their uh, their old war stories. And they had this one of uh, this legendary indie ball fight that just erupted. That was awesome. It was, yeah, it was where it was up in Canada. Is that where it was? What did they say? It starts with a C. I can't remember, but people up like anyone, everybody enjoys a good baseball fight. It's a it's a good one to uh, uh, definitely look up because uh, they were kind of sh- giving me the background of it. And apparently, there was uh, one of these guys. Uh, and and you, you know Calgary. The, yeah, you know the uh, you know the the famous Muhammad Ali fight where the guy uh, took the dive like the phantom punch. Yeah. And he was just like a terrible acting job. Yeah. Well, there's there's the backstory in the fight of one of the guys as you go through who who phantom punches. The guy completely misses this right hook and he just goes down like he got hit. And Zinger said that uh, his coach saw it, um, or or I guess I don't know if they watched the video or something, and they released him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. But, but yeah, it was a. Uh, I think Zinger's cool. been in every great indie ball brawl. I, I I believe it. He was. He had a story for. He every came running team. in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So those were those were some pretty good Zinger stories for my part. What's your favorite Zinger story? Um, I think I told it with just. I don't know if I told a story, but it was. Um, the, the, you know, we were hanging out in the in the um, just the dynamics of him and Matt Bruce hanging out in the hotel was was pretty fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I have another great one. Just hearing all of his stories in indie ball, just typical yeah, of minor leaguers. Minor leaguers always have great stories. Well, you guys both did. I heard, I I got to hear a lot of uh, indie ball stories when on no. that trip. I Your told goat my goat milking goats, story. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. I told my goat milking story on a podcast the other day. It actually <clears> turned out pretty good. So if you want to hear that, that's actually on the Trademark podcast. Check out my interview and hear my goat milking story. At the same time, too, Zinger came around first with uh, with the 90 Monarch Club. I don't really know exactly his ties. I don't even. I don't really ask him this in the interview. We, we, we've already recorded this interview. But he... Um, he I think 
Mr. Riddick, Paul Riddick, uh, actually had used his programs. Uh, they'd worked together with an animal on our club. I'm, I'm sure it's evolved many times since then. But um, he came to me uh, following that uh, after I think he left doing the animal on our club and was interested to learn about top velocity. So that's really how we met. It was it was cool. He 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 calls me. I'll never forget the first time he called me. I um, actually. Uh, I'd watched his videos. I think we had all seen his videos on YouTube or on, on the internet. And uh, I'd watch his videos and he calls me. He's like, hello, uh, Brent. Uh, uh, do you know who this is? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is Zinger. Like I'd never <laughs> talked to the guy before. I just knew his voice. <laughs> and he was not shocked by it. <laughs> he must have known everybody has seen his videos. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then we had a good conversation. He's such a good dude. And... Um, yeah, we continue to build relationships, but Zinger, since you know, it's played forever in minor league baseball. Great uh, story was first drafted by the Brewers, and then th- at thirty five after they'd released him, he had played forever in in minor league ball. At thirty five, I guess he was thirty five at the time. Uh, they had, they signed him back again, and he came in and pitched the last few months of the year uh, for them. I think was it last year or two years ago. So that 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 was pretty cool. He's just got a great story, and then he's. He's, you know, is a coach and he's a coach player and, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to hear his story. Now we're not going to get into the story because what we're doing on this show is we're learning about business. So we want to learn how has he transitioned to a coach? How has he transitioned, um, to, uh, that business and, and how is he right running his business? If you don't know, he runs his business in Arizona, uh, and, and built it around his home, which is really cool. He's got back, I think he used to call it backyard baseball. Or he still does call it backyard baseball because it's in his backyard, um, but it's it's pretty cool. So here we go. We're gonna head on over to this interview with Zinger and um, see what you think. All right, we've got none other than at this point legendary John Heisinger, better known as Zinger here, um, and. We are going to talk to him today about things that we normally don't talk about. We're going to get into why he why he became a coach. Um, you know, what inspires him to be a coach today, how he runs the business of coaching, um, you know, and, in, 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 you know, maintain his, uh, his source of revenue to be able to do what he loves to do and, and just kind of get into the nuts and bolts, all that. So what's up, hi Zinga, what's up, man? What's up? So good, good to see you guys today. I know, man. Same here. We love talking to you. How's Arizona? What's the weather? Hot. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Just uh, it's temp about upper seventies. Not a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful oh, day for some baseball. And how's uh, spring training going? Uh, you know, I'm coaching up at the junior college right now, so my spring training tends to be I watch games on YouTube at night afterwards, which is actually pretty cool because they have almost all the games on there. Well, awesome. Um, I know I haven't really caught much, unfortunately. It's uh, I, I'd like to get out there. I want. I was hoping one of my guys would get picked up, but nobody got picked up in Arizona, so I'm I, I'm not coming. But my, you never know. I might swing over there. It's it's always fun. So so um, yeah, here too. So I know, man. We're definitely going to get together soon, 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 soon. So um, let let's get into the nuts and bolts. So talk about okay. talk about first. A little bit of your playing years, and obviously what your background is, and then talk about why you became a coach. Um, you know, basically, 
getting into coaching started when I was playing at Michigan State. We did some camps, uh, and then I had a coach who I helped in the off season. His name was Joe Fletcher, and uh, you're familiar with Fletch. Yep. And he basically just uh, used me as like an assistant. So I kind of got started at that point, and then uh, each year during the off season when I was in pro ball, I basically would would come home and have. Uh, lessons that I would do and, you know, different camps and clinics. And I just really liked giving back and giving as much information to the next generation of ball players as you can. So um, even today, that's still what inspires me, you know, is making sure that these kids get the right information, you know, and that they actually get out and they experience it and they do it and put in the reps that it, that it takes. So in becoming a coach, what was the transition like? Did you did you just kind of take off the ball cap and uh, or the uniform and walk into the coaching uh, role, or what's been the transition? Um, you know, even to this day, still throwing a lot with these guys. I like to uh, what, would you, what would they say? Uh, lead by example. Lead by example, yeah. Yeah, lead by example, um, and also just the art of baseball that's continuing to develop for me too. I mean, I'm still working on things, you know, I'm 37 years old now and I'm still working on things today, which I think is, is pretty cool about, you know, the art of pitching and all that goes into it. Well, good. So I, I mean, tell them where you are. I mean, your facilities are, are in your backyard. It's an awesome backyard, but tell them about it. Right. Uh, backyard here basically had a house that we bought while I was playing in Yuma we, we bought it without seeing it because it had the specific dimensions that I needed for uh, a pitching tunnel which was basically about 70 feet so to find a house in our price range with that was a challenge but we uh, we bought it without seeing it it turned out to be great but uh, it's just kind of developed over the years you know different kinds of uh, donations that I've gotten from some great people that have helped upgrade the facility. Um, you know, and basically we, we focus on improving athleticism and we do a lot of mirror work, a lot of dry work, things without even, you know, a baseball or hand, a lot of the med ball throws, uh, you know, and specifically focus on developing from the ground up. So, so for all those those wannabe coaches or guys that want to maybe transition from that player to coach um, who are already coaches, you know, give them some, an understanding of the investments that you've made over the years to, to really build, uh, build your facility. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the biggest investments that you that you're going to have as a coach is going to be your time, especially if you're going to go through and do things a detailed way and you're going to measure things and you're going to, uh, you know, do video feedback and that kind of stuff. Your your time is going to be something that you're definitely going to put out there. Um, so as far as the hourly rate that people think goes into it, I think that's kind of a misconception. If it, now, if you do 30-minute lessons and you just bang them out in, you know, 30 minutes and people are just coming in and out, you can probably get the, get the uh, what would I say, it, 
just those hours, you can make a nice hourly rate. But if you're doing all the homework and all the stuff at home, you know, the hourly rate is uh, minute. <laughs> right. And I know you know what I'm talking about because you're a, you put in many hours during your right. day as well. You're committed to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to sell your time. Um, and 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 if you're going to sell your time and your facility, you got to charge even more. And there's a big difference between a coach just going out to some field and coaching hourly, as opposed to someone like you, who has a facility and all the the equipment to train them. So you know, it's going to be a little bit different on an hourly rate because you're now building in more than your time. You're building in uh, your investment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, as far as the uh, equipment and the resources, I mean, I've I've just continued to, you know, get new stuff in. I tend, especially with the, with being outside, we tend to go through some equipment here, you know, like the the med balls and the Swiss balls and some of the stuff that would probably last indoors. Uh, we we tend to beat it up pretty quick. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, Wear and tear sucks. Price to pay to be outside, you know, and it's a. It's a beautiful place to be outside here in Arizona. I know, but occasionally you get the rain. We've seen the rain on your Instagram. It's funny how you yeah. actually film rain. your rain. Because if we filmed our rain, it would be all over our Instagram. Every day. <laughs> yeah, because you'll never probably only like five of them, you know. <laughs> so, so let's get more into the nuts and bolts of – so what, what are you – your AZ Fuel Baseball, is that, is that what you're calling your, your business? I know you've changed the names a little bit. T tell us about that. I had Team Zinger Sports, which was an LLC, and then now I have uh, the AZ Fuel Baseball. And talk about wh why, why the name change and, what, and what's your, your focus with your branding? Uh, you know, just I think the more and more focus that I get on – on the pitching aspect of it, you know, because I can go out to the field and coach a lot of different aspects of the game. Um, but the, the, the pitching end of it, I really like. And then the idea of fuel really comes from the food. Yeah. Um, it just happens to be that it's a result, you know, in my opinion, if, if you're fueling your, your engine properly, you're going to, you're going to get peak performance more often than, you know, the guys that are, doing the fast food and the sodas and right. the process. Well, talk, well, talk about what your goal is. I know you've talked to me about, you know, your website, your website's starting to come up, looks good. You've done some promotional material lately. What's, what's your focus now with this brand? Are you really trying to push it hard? I mean, wh where do you want to go with it? Yeah. You know, I would really like to focus it, um, especially for the summer camps here. I really want to get, the guys in here putting in the work, especially I've got a, a solid group of a solid core group of uh, high school and some college and even some pro guys that now can help basically uh, share, you know, with these guys, which also teaches them at the same time. I really would like to, and this is part of the reason for the name change as well, is that I wanted to make it beyond myself. I want to start to get some other coaches that are involved um, coaches that can, you know, maybe come in and some would call it maybe like an internship, but something where they can come in and learn and, and then go out and do the same kind of stuff. So That'd be I'd great. say that, that would probably be the, the future for it there, you know, and then I think eventually it would be some kind of a, 
a ranch style where guys could come in and stay on the complex and then uh, we could feed them, you know, from food that we grew in our garden and we could teach them some lifestyle stuff as well as the different training aspects and, you know, let them come in and get the full experience for, you know, maybe a week or something like that. And your, and your family's on board with that? <laughs> hey, you know, my wife's, my wife's pretty dang cool. She, uh, she's basically just supported me for whatever I want to do. So that's huge. Well, that's great. Well, I think that'd be an amazing model. I mean, you think your facilities can, can hold that currently? Is that something you're going to build at where you are? No, that would be, that's probably a two year, a two year deal right now. I can basically handle 10 guys. Um, now if I have coaches or guys that are here, you know, helping me out, then that's obvious. Those guys don't count. So, I mean, there can be a few more, but we tend to, uh, run them through basically a circuit of, you know, different stuff to wake them up and warm them up. And, um, some will call it like a gauntlet, (laughs) but just run them through the little course and then throw them in the tunnel for a while and then get their lift on and get their arm care and get them out of here. You know, basically a short day would be a 90 minute, you know, and most days are going to be at least a couple hours. Well, I saw you just had DA there. How did DA look? He looked awesome. He's really, really well connected with his back half. Yeah, he's he, he's gotten big, huh? Wrong. Have you did you see him when he was over two forty? Was that the first time you saw him at two forty? Uh, we played catch maybe three weeks ago. Oh, so you had seen him, yeah? Yeah, so I had seen him, and he looked good there too. So cool. Well, a little bit more. I'm curious. Like, tell me, what are you running? You're running, uh, obviously, your hourly sessions, it sounds like. Are you doing clinics and camps? What else? Or how how do you lay it all out? Uh, I'll usually start guys with an assessment. They'll come in for an hour-ish. And I'll take them through. Basically, the first thing they do is they jump rope. I watch them jump rope. Um, I have just a little circuit that I have them go through. Um, measure some different stuff, some height, some weight, some, uh, the vertical broad. Hey, I think I got some guys here to work out right now, which is all right. All right. Well, uh, give me five more minutes. I got, I'll I'll finish it up. Good. That's the noise in the background. But we, uh, basically we run them through that assessment style. I like to get the radar gun on them. I like to videotape them and then basically, set them up for either private lessons or if they're ready for it, I like to throw them into the groups because I think the group atmosphere is a lot more baseball. You know, it's these, especially I used to do a lot of one-on-one lessons and the kids tended to depend on me a lot more for the feedback. Whereas if you put them in a group, they tend to actually experiment a little more or do some more, you know, they'll do reps before they ask questions a little bit more. Um, and I'll still break them down and talk to each one of them individually while we're there. But uh, I like to get them in that atmosphere like they're part of a pitching staff. Yeah, that's you know? cool. And also they compete a lot. You know, we get them in the pitching tunnel. Uh, we'll usually set a timer for two minutes, and then we'll pick out a pitch, and we'll pick out a spot, and we compete for, you know, because obviously all the work that we put in has to go away when we're on the mound, and it's compete time. You know, now it's time to see the pitch, 
do the pitch. It's not, you know, all the work's already been done. So it's just compete time. Do you run any clinics or camps? Uh, in the summer, I tend to run more of them. I may do a uh, spring break camp coming up. I've had some people asking me, and spring break's coming up the next couple weeks here. Um, basically, I would just open up the same trainings that I'm doing. I would just open my hours up. So how are you finding your people? What, what's, your, what's your marketing strategy so, so people can know about AZ Fuel? I would say word of mouth is my biggest feeder for here. Um, guys that will come in and, you know, either recommend, you know, whether they're a, a pro guy, a college guy, or a high school guy, and they, they go out and, you know, do their thing, and then they just basically let people know what we do here. Um, but I am on the Facebook, I'm on the Twitter, I'm on the Instagram. I tend to just stay as much of a positive influence on social media as I can, just especially because if you can... And I stay away from watching it, but there's a bunch of junk you can get caught up with on there, you know. So I tend to just try to be a positive voice and send some good stuff out, um, and you know, some baseball love. So yeah, and stay away from Top Velocity because they troll. They troll a lot on social media. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so. I mean, what do you think works as far as marketing outside of just referrals? Like, what do you think, what have you had success with as far as getting the brand, getting you out there on, on say, social marketing? What, what, yeah, do you have any good strategies? Or are you still learning or what? I mean, I'm definitely still learning, um, but I've, I've been a student of it. I mean, I did the, I tend to usually do an email list. I now have my uh, Coach Zinger app, which is, growing it's been a monster there's a lot of a lot of uh content in there and it's just a matter of helping i have a guy that's helping me kind of sort it you know so there's there's a lot of content just getting it focused but that basically would be um i also use it here like they'll have different games or different tests or i have different logs that are on there so they can go through and Hey, I'm going to do my, my dry work. This is what I'm going to be eating today. Um, just different stuff that they can log. Well, cool. So, so as far as, so are you social marketing? I mean, is your marketing that app right now? Or is that app just some for your guys that are coming to train with you? I'm starting to market it. So, I mean, I think that that's going to, going to be part of the marketing strategy as well just to market what we're doing over here as well and then also i'd like to do a little bit more stuff online because i have a lot of hours during the day where my kids are off at school and if i don't have my pro guys in the morning then i tend to have my mornings off and then i go to the college and then i coach at night but during the day i'd like to get you know we can have a, a good impact on people without even having to see them, you know, especially if they send you video and you can do the whole Skype thing and you can see each other. And there's a, I think there's a market for that as well. Do you, do you feel like if you looked at all of what you do in your business, what do you do the most of, or what, what are your strengths in your business? And then what are your weaknesses? I would say weaknesses would be sometimes keeping track of everything that's that's uh, going on. You know, it tends to be I will have some guys that are 
taking advantage of the system, if you will. Like, what do you mean? Because I think I deal with the same thing. Well, like scholarship guys, too. Like some guys that just literally can't afford it, and then I'm just I'm too nice, perhaps. But it's Yeah, like, I've been just, there. I'm like, <laughs> are we all the same? You and I are the same. I do the same thing. We are. Yeah, right, that's why we've been connected. Yeah, we got that same heart for it. But it's like, and then, you know, there's a certain part of me, too, that's just like, hey, that's my part of my generous donation to the to the planet. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. DA used to give me the hardest time because a lot of my guys who train here have to come to the camp. I don't charge them. And you're right. You get some of them yep. just take advantage of it. Some of them sit on it. Um, and, and then sometimes you got to ask them to leave. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you find that effective? I mean, are we are we doing a service or a disservice to our business and to the to the kids? Have to be a because there can be a certain separation. You know, that's where I think it's nice to have a team of people where it's like you have somebody that takes care of that action. Right. And then, especially for me, the more I can focus on coaching, the better I am at coaching. You know, exactly. So you unfortunately we're we're wearing we're wearing more than just the coaching hat, right? Yeah, I think sometimes we just wear it, you know what I mean? And it's like, hey, whatever. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I definitely I think, think that's, no, that's a weakness. That's something that can get better. Um, I would say strengths would just be um, I mean, just taking care of the guys that come here, making sure that, you know, checking up on them and, and the feedback and the follow-up and all the stuff that, once again, goes beyond the hours that you're getting paid for. But, you know, checking up on them after they throw or – you know, doing the homework in between, watching their videos, even when they're not there, that kind of stuff. Do you do you feel like you've got your business at a good level to where you're obviously are having success, um, or do you feel like you're always trying to push to continue to stay afloat or to grow? I mean, do you, you have you and and in what do you credit to that if, if that's the case? Like, what's created your success, or what what's what's been the challenges? Well, I'd say it's pretty even right now, and that's been uh, the issue with the upgrade is the fact that you can't make enough money. There's not enough money compared to, like, you know, a regular J-O-B. Right. You know, so there's either got to be more uh, more charge or different ways that you make the money through, you know, either if you have certain products that you, that you slang, you know, you got your, your right. king of the hill your programs or your affiliate kind of things. Um, right. Or you just have to charge more, you know? Right. And, and I mean, do you find your, your, I'm doing the fundraiser right now just because there's, there's enough people that have came through here that I think uh, would like to support and keep it going on, you know? So I think it's maybe one other way to kind of bring funds into a, a, a smaller business. But right. I think if it multiple coaches where you have teams, then I think that's where you start to generate your income. Yeah, teams are, are, are big. Um, for All right, one last word. For all those looking to start being a coach out there, I mean, give them, give them the reality of it all. Tell them what it's all about and, and tell them, you know, in, inspire them at the end. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just to remember that guys are going to do what you do. They're not going to do what you say. And that's anywhere from being a parent to being a coach. You, you can tell them till you're blue in the face to do something. If you don't do it, they ain't doing it. Right. And, you know, that's why we need to be reminded that we need to 
walk our talk, you know, and, and do what do what we tell these guys to do and lead them by example, you know. So I think to all the guys that are out there that that want to give back to the game and that want to share, you know, I think it's great. If you think you're going to become a millionaire overnight, you're crazy. <laughs> you've got a crew of 10 dudes and you're going to go run 10 teams and something like that, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of a grind, which, you know, hey, I, I would rather do this than go do something I didn't want to do to, you know, whatever, live fancier or something. Right, I'm with you. You know, what? so I think I think if if you guys love baseball and you want to help kids, I think coaching is a great way to do it. You can take this stuff so much further than the game as well. You know, so teaching these kids things that will carry on to their regular life because you know to have a and this is what I've learned through my career because I I used to really especially just be playing for the next level where it's like you just really want to just make it to the big leagues, make it to the big leagues, make it to the big leagues. Make it to the big leagues you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, once you learn to appreciate each step along the journey, I think it's a different, it's a different uh, perspective, you know? So I think if, if you take the bitterness out of perhaps your career when you're coaching, I think it's a good thing. A lot of guys are bitter with what happened to them. And I think if you can remove that from your, your tone and how you, how you approach the game, I think that's a big thing. Um, and just teaching the guys to, the best stuff obviously you learned along the way and pass it on hey man i think that's excellent advice well i appreciate you letting us get inside uh the az fuel business and mindset and you as a coach and i see you got players going back there so i really appreciate it man but uh well we'll see how this goes i think people are going to like this kind of information what do you think absolutely you know and i think that like i said i'm going to i'm going to be listening to it as well because i'm open to what other guys are doing and how it works for them and you know, different uh, strategies for, from the business side. You yeah, know, man, the, I'm I'm with it. I'm gonna interview. I want to interview Pocket Radar. I want to go to Marucci over here. I want to interview big and small businesses in baseball. Well, I feel like there's got to be some kind of a, a a connection level where these guys all, you know, we can all kind of help each other as well too. You know what I mean? Where it's like. Yeah. Because I know that I'm an affiliate for Pocket Radar. I'm an affiliate for the King of the Hill or, you know, whatever. And it's like if there's a group or a unit where guys can, uh, you know, everybody helps everybody. I think that's a, a powerful thing. I think you're right, man. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Go, coach. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks, Steven. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. All right, always cool talking to Zinger. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what do you what do you think he's doing? He's done well with his business for him to be kind of this popular for this long. I mean, do you, I mean people people know Zinger. I mean, not everybody, but I think he's still done good. I mean, what do you think he's done good? I think he's I mean, just like he said. He's a great people person. I think his word of mouth is you know huge for him. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like a lot of the stuff he has on Instagram, especially recently. He was, uh, before the interview started, he was kind of talking about how he had a, uh, a professional photographer come out and, um, you know, take some shots for him. I, I thought he had some pretty good content from that. And uh, you know, he's just like a, a different kind of guy, but just a great personality. Um, has a lot of baseball knowledge, like we've talked about, been around the game uh, for a really long time, just has a lot of knowledge to share with guys. And I think people who come and train with him really feed off of that. Yeah, I mean, I second that. He's like a really, really good person. And I think 
like he was saying, his referral business is really his business. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome to see him having a successful business. Um, I would say purely built on referrals. I think he does a good job marketing, yeah. but he's not like, uh, you know, like us. We're freaking guerrilla marketers, I guess you could say, or, you know, other approaches out there. Them guys, that, that's all you see on Instagram. Well, we, we're, you know, we're two. He's, he's one and he's doing a lot more coaching, like aspect right. levels of where he's, he has guys coming in every day. And he worked, like he says, he sits there and throws with them and works every day, which you do too, obviously. Yeah. And I do as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, we take it to a, another level on the the marketing side of it we make that a big emphasis yeah i mean that's that's why i I like to highlight and put out guys like zinger because there's a there's other businesses out there in baseball that they market really well but they don't have good reputations meaning like when you talk to people that have worked with them they don't have anything good to say um and, and i think that's unfortunate because you unfortunately you can even win and be successful in in this business if you're not really giving people good customer service. You still need to give them a product. So obviously those businesses are giving them somewhat of a product. Doesn't I, necessarily mean it's a great product. I know, though. but it's it's somewhat of a product. Yeah. Um, but they're they're not giving any on the customer service side. Don't you feel like baseball? I don't know. I mean, I guess we're so blinded by because this is all we do. But I feel like baseball is really bad on customer service in this business. What what would you say? I mean, I, I guess Zinger kind of talked about it too, especially before the, we didn't have this in the podcast either, but I think it's just, there's a lot of ego in baseball and, um, it can kind of leave uh, a bitter taste in some people's mouths on the, from the coaching side coming up through the game. And, uh, that kind of relays over that ego in business as well, um, on that side. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, for some reason, it's it's an industry that unfortunately is plagued with a lot of that. That I, I think, like Zinger kind of talked about, we could all benefit from, uh, uh, you know, feeding off one another rather than uh, you know pounding our chest and vultures. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at the same time too. I mean, people would criticize us for not working with other businesses, but I feel like we try to. Yeah, really just, it's, I, I get where you're, I know where you're going with that, but at the same time, that's something that we've said from the start. It, it's contraindicated to our training. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there's a point where you can't work with everybody. Right. Uh, if it's it like, fit. it's like Pepsi. It'd be like saying Pepsi, why don't you work with uh, Coke? I think Coke owns Pepsi. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess hopefully hopefully we buy our competitor then right yeah <laughs> that's sure. the ultimate goal yeah <laughs> okay well that wasn't a good analogy so maybe it'd be like um uh, i don't know why isn't uh you know adidas work with nike nike right <laughs> nike would be like we'll buy them i mean the same thing it's like yeah. we'll, we'll consume them but they can never merge with us just because it's it's two different approaches obviously Obviously, they see each other's competitors. I mean, what do you think creates competitors in business? I mean, like with Zinger, Zinger doesn't even seem like he wants to probably even compete with someone in business. He 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 just would rather compete with you on the mound. He's, he's such a, you know, that's where he is as a, more of a player, I feel like, than really a businessman or, or he's more of a player coach than a coach businessman. Mm-hmm. But what makes a what makes a, a, a business a competitor? I mean, what what? You know how do how do you like affiliate on some businesses and then totally compete on other businesses? What do you think creates that? Uh, complete opposite approaches, um, and then I I mean I guess just like with anything, like you want to be um, considered the best in your industry. So if it's complete opposite approaches, and half of them are saying this is the better approach, and the other half are saying no, oh, this is the better approach, uh, it breeds competition. 
Exactly. So those become your competitors and your affiliates are ones that see you as someone that they could share approaches with. Like you compliment them. Yeah, they fit well with each other. Yeah. So I guess you either going to compliment uh, or feel like a business compliments you or you compliment the business or you're going to feel that do- that doesn't even exist. You just compete. You purely compete with businesses. But the problem is, is why do you feel like consumers like we get a lot of the feedback, why aren't consumers willing to accept that some businesses are just competitors of each other as opposed to affiliates? Um, I don't know. I would say like people just, especially in baseball, there's a big group that wants the, uh, a very like, um, kumbaya approach where everybody should just throw everything together. And I think that's kind of just a lack of, uh, um, knowledge just on on training like how you can't be mixing uh approaches that are going to compromise each other or lead to more injury which i think is you know one of the in our experience is one of the big things that uh you know people want us to blend together with different approaches and we're going no we think that leads to more injury it doesn't blend with our approach uh we can't do that but uh, people don't understand that they they just think that you can throw everything together and, and it'll all be perfect Exactly. So I think that's the challenge. Um, But, you know, that's one thing why we did this podcast. We started this podcast because we really want to affiliate. We want to affiliate with more businesses out there. And by doing that, we want to interview them and we want to share uh, what they do with our community and and our viewership. And uh, obviously in hopes they'll do the same. That's really what an affiliate is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to tell you the truth, we're doing this to really kind of reach out and cross the lines. But at the same time, too, try to provide a ton of value to the industry that wants to learn more about the business side of it. You might have obviously coaches out there, other business out there are really intrigued to understand more of what this industry is doing as opposed to just showing up at the ABCA where all these vendors are sitting out there and not really having time to talk to each other because we're still trying to sell our products to other people. Yeah. Um, this actually might give them more opportunity to learn what's going on and it helps them in the industry and it helps also the, at the same time too, it helps the industry grow and probably grow uh, with gain more integrity, you know, and, and become a better industry. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hoping this is successful. Um, I think we, there's not many people doing this, so I think we have a lot to offer. And hopefully we can gain some affiliates. And you never know, we might gain some competitors along the way, too. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we might realize, hey, those guys were really not anything like us. They're <laughs> completely against us. Um, and, and I guess that's how we gain competitors. Um, so, cool. If you have um anyone you'd like us to interview any organization company uh you would like us to interview on the show please uh let us know we will totally do that we've got a little bit of a list of organizations and companies and coaches we're going to reach out to uh, to interview them about their business and about their approach and about uh their programming and 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 their marketing and whatever they do to to reach out to you guys um and, and build their exposure so Stay tuned. Uh, This is the first episode, and we'll catch you on the next one.